Lawrence OG Triple Homicide, aka Blunt Force Trauma, prison correspondent to the Brothers and Law Podcast. You already know what it is, but I'm all back today. I finally got my little break time. I'm finna have me some good loaf and watch an epic hood classic. Hey, uh, hey, I ain't made Johnson, huh? you get HBO in here? Who gave you permission to watch the HBO? Oh, I ain't gotta have no permission. You know how I do. I move how I move. And you can get in and get down the lady. Or how about I just put you back in that cell with 15 guys and let you fight over the one dirty broken toilet and see who wins and gets to sit down and actually take a poop or piss and maybe then we'll call that the real Game of Thrones, eh? How about that? My name is Tyrion Lannister. You may have seen me on such shows as Game of Thrones and, well, that's pretty much it. Anyways, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Brothers-in-Law podcast for always being as entertaining as the wine that I drink and the ladies at the brothel. Keep doing your thing, fellas. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Brothers in Law Podcast. As always, it's your boy Jesse McCoy, and I'm here with the world's foremost legal humorist, Sean Carter. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, brother. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing much better now, man. We got one of these vicious killers off the street <laughs> and out of the box. John yeah. William King, age 44, <laughs> as of 7.08 p.m. Central Time. Uh, he is no longer with us. Uh, if, for those of you who may remember back to the 1990s, uh, there was a case out of Jasper, Texas, where a uh, black man, James Bird, was confronted after a party, uh, told that it, basically they were going to give him a ride somewhere. Then he was beat up, strung up to a, a truck, drug three miles. Uh, and it was one of those things where it's like the most gruesome hate crime that uh, people have ever seen. This was actually one of the premises for the federal government enacting a federal hate crime bill. Uh, and it took a long time. I mean, phew, it's 2019 out here. He probably had forgot what he did, but it doesn't matter at this point because you got to pay for what you did. <laughs> you, you, you know, that's the thing that that's amazing to me is, you know, cause he's one of his, you know, co-conspirators, right. He, you know, he, he got the death penalty. Well, he was executed in 2011. So this dude was holding on to everything. He was, you know, calling all the technical files, Right, like, well, look, my toe was on the line, and you know, right. they, they have coffee in the jury room. People can't make a decision thirsty. Right, you know, right, he was trying right. everything, and that's what often happens in 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 these cases. You know, where twenty years now, I can't believe he made twenty years in Texas because Texas does not Ooh. play. And we were going through the numbers earlier. For those of you who like to keep the stats and the numbers, and you college football fan, understand Texas is the perennial BCS. All right, winner. Yes. It's not even close. They're, Al- they're the Alabama of of, of killing people. <laughs> Last year, bro, there you go. They had thirteen executions in two thousand and eighteen. 
And you say, well, that's only 13. But you understand, the next the next highest was two. <laughs> Which, by the way, was Alabama roll tide. Um, but Texas is not playing. My favorite stat from them is the year 2000, the last year George Bush was governor there, a guy they called the Texecutioner. They did 40 executions in 2000, including on four occasions they had to do two on the same date in the same prison. Hmm. Hmm. Like, you, boy, you better, you better get out. You better hurt me, Dan. We, we got other people coming in here, too. We got to get this place cleaned up, right? Um, you know, Texas does, 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 does not play. So this guy is, is, is no longer with us. Um, you know, just generally, you know, what is your thought on capital punishment just on general level? Well, I'm going to be honest right here and say it's very hypocritical, but, <laughs> but uh, I am a strong supporter of capital punishment as it relates to certain crimes that I deem to be especially heinous. Okay. So, um, you know, I think that whenever you're looking at murder that's based and premised on race and racial violence, I think that's death penalty worthy only because of the backdrop of American history and how we let so many people who kill innocent black folks get off. And we continue to do that every night on the night. Yeah, news. So uh, I think that when we get <laughs> you, officers, that's different. <laughs> when we get you, then you need to pay for that. I also think that, you know, there's this, there's this concept, at least in my mind of poor people not being vigilantes. Right. And what I mean by that is, it's very difficult to watch over and over when someone who has caused some kind of detriment to your community uh, gets off scot-free. They can go and live their life. You know, George Zimmerman is out here on Tinder. You know what I'm saying? Like people are just enjoying life and you feel some kind of way about the fact that you have to look around and see that somebody from our community and our collective is no longer here, but this person gets to live this wonderful life. And I think over time that has no, no ending but to create someone who's going to say, no, if he gets to live a life, then I'm going to take it from him. And I think once you start having people become vigilantes and doing this thing on their own, then it creates this snowball effect because does the vigilante deserve the death penalty if they did it for quote unquote the right reasons? Right. Um, you know, so I think we have to show that the government in some way, shape, or form is the end all be all when it comes to being the chief executive of. Uh, who administers the punishment. And I think if you don't administer the punishment, then it makes people, particularly in those uh, racialized groups, feel like they can do whatever they want to do and nobody's going to do anything. So I, I like the finality of a death penalty for certain situations, but I also believe that there is a disparate impact for African-American and Latino populations. And I definitely think that that needs to be fixed, even though the other argument is the system is working the way it was designed to work. Um, so yeah, now, now, as far as, you know, that last part about, you know, fixing the system, this is something, you know, we've been trying to do since the, the 70s. And, we, mm-hmm. as you know, we were both in law school. We, we learned about the Furman case. It's Furman versus Georgia. And, and basically the case is in, in 1972, the court looked at the way the death penalty was being administered and said, um, you can't do this anymore. We, we can't have any more executions because uh, it was like it was one of those things almost like, you know, when you are acting up all right, and your mama finally says, you know what, that's it. All right, I done told you. You don't listen. You know what? Go to bed. 
All right. No more Kool-Aid yeah. for nobody. Go to bed. Right. That was that kind of thing. We said no more death penalty for anybody. So even though it's a Georgia case, I said from now on, no more death penalty for anybody until you fix some of these racial disparities. Right. One of the disparities, to give you an example, was not only were black people most often convicted, but there was a time where everybody on death row had one thing in common. And it wasn't that they were black or even male. It was that they had all killed a white person. Mm. You didn't get the death penalty for killing a person of color ever. All right. Because nobody thought that that worth that life was worth enough to take another life. And so and, and brothers were getting, you know, basically not just killing white people. Brothers were getting, you know, jaywalking, uh, unpaid parking tickets. They were getting right. the death for everything. <laughs> and so they said, Absolutely. OK, no more. Two states come up with two things. One, <laughs> a, um, you know, a list of of crimes that you think should be the death penalty, the things you talk about, right? Things that, you know, mm-hmm. and I think your list would be narrower, right? Your list would probably be, you know, crimes that are racially motivated, right? Other types of, you know, hate crimes. Right. And, um, you know, but, you know, states come up with, you know, all kinds of heinous, you know, crimes and, and say, hey, you know, if you commit a crime under these circumstances, you're eligible for the death penalty. And, and then when states start doing that, the Supreme Court's okay, now that you've, you know, done your time out, so to speak, you can start executing people again. And, 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 and we did, but we weren't able to keep, to, to really fix the racial disparity. And the reason is very simple because between prosecutors and juries, there is still that perception of what type of person is valuable. Two things. One, the person who was killed is that life, right? Worth anything. And then secondly, you know, is the person who you're looking at to think about the defendant here? Is, are they at all redeemable? Is there any worth and value to their life? And that is, it's amazing how often race colors that determination. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, saw, we, we see it all the time. We see it now. We see it with Brock Turner, right? We see it with all these, mm. these, these white guys and the judge says, hey, you know what? You have too much good left in you. We're not going to send you to prison, right? Right. Now, we're, brother, we're sending you to the Supreme Court to be a <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the most interesting thing to me about this uh, Furman versus Georgia decision. So for people to know, it's it's a 5-4 decision, but it's not exactly a 5-4 decision. <laughs> this is probably one of the few cases where you get nine different opinions go, from right. all nine different justices. And they're varying levels of, you know, really the same arguments that are embodied today. So you've got certain justices like Brennan and Thurgood Marshall who are saying the death penalty in and of itself is just cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, right, right. We've evolved. We're, we're that. That's not decent anymore in our <laughs> current society. You've got <laughs> justices Berger, Blackman, Powell, and Rehnquist who is like, hell no, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> uh, and then you have what I would consider the reasonable people in the middle, which would be your Potter, White, and Douglas, uh, who are saying that, you know, there's this racial bias against black defendants that we are noticing uh, in these cases. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is I know you had talked about this running until the 1970s. I pulled up a fact sheet about evi- uh, the uh, executions by region. Okay. It's, I mean, it's it's not hilarious, but it's hilarious. So yeah, executions yeah. by region of the United States, it says, right. and I quote, the Northeast, four executions since 1976. The West, 85 executions since 1976. The Midwest, 184 executions since 1976. But then you got the South. You know how many executions the South has had since 1976? Well, think about Texas has had, it's got to be over a thousand. 
Oh, oh, yes. We're talking 1,220 <laughs> executions since 1976. And then the caveat, Texas and Oklahoma make up 672. Yes. <laughs> they are perennial one and two. All right. Back and forth. Um, it is, it, 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 well, but, but Oklahoma is going to go down. So people, if you got your money on this, you go to Vegas. Take you know, put your money in Oklahoma. Oklahoma's having a little trouble. Here's what's happened. The opponents of the death penalty have been fighting for years to try to stop it, and they've lost on the on the grounds of, of racial disparities. It's still messed up, but the court's like, look, you know what, this America, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, black people, but you're always going to get short end of the stick, and this is going to be one of those times, you know, right? Suck it up, buttercup. But the thing that people have been challenged is the execution methods. Now, there was a time where we used to have firings, you know, we're hanging, right? We had the chair, and we had the um, the gas chamber, gas chamber, right? And one by one, they were like, oh, that's, that's barbaric. You can't do that anymore. And they got down to basically two things, the firing squad, all right, which only a few states like Utah had, and a lethal injection. Now, by the way, firing squad was hilarious because – hilarious. Yeah, hilarious is the right word for this, actually, because <laughs> you did not want to – pay for a professional executioner. They don't have that many executions. They didn't want to have their on-duty police officers do it, so they would have to ask him to volunteer. And so a a cop would volunteer to go down and be one of the 12-person firing squad, you know, to shoot someone in the chest, right? Um, The the, the most amazing part about it was is that this is something that you're not getting paid for, and they had a a sign-up sheet, and they had a waiting list. There were more cops <laughs> shoot you in the chest, all right, than they had people to shoot in the chest. <laughs> I volunteer and exercise my civic duty under the patriotism and laws and freedoms of the United States of America and the state of Utah. <laughs> there you go. So, so the only thing really left now is, is like, you know, lethal execution. I'm mean, not sorry, uh, lethal injection. And uh, this is where we got to get your money off of, off of Oklahoma. Because for years, that's the way you went. Everybody thought it was cool. And a couple of pharmaceutical companies were like, look, we don't want people using our drugs for this. And they started stop selling it to prisons. Now, the smart states were putting basically the drugs in their mama's name. Right? You know, they would (laughs) be like, look, you know, we need this drug for the state hospital. We need it, you know, for (laughs) – we need to put our kids to bed. Right? They're they're crazy. But – Oklahoma, you know, wouldn't get, get hit to the game, and so they ran out. And they went to Texas, like, look, you know, Texas, like, hey, 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 you know, they, it was like the hey, love thing, brother. You got to get your own, right? We, we, right, we, right. we, 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 the problem is, was they didn't have any doctors who participate in this. All right, Hippocratic mm-hmm. Oath. So now right. you've got people who just like, like the, you know, one guy who likes to watch MacGyver, another person, you know, got a whole <laughs> chemistry set, and they're trying to figure out this cocktail, and they couldn't. They had a botch execution where they couldn't get the guy dead, right? And so Oklahoma <laughs> is, you know, their stuff has been, you know, they have been, they've been slow recently, and um, you know, I would suggest, you know, if you're looking for a runner-up, you might want to put your money in Alabama. Um, or or maybe even Utah again. Uh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you know, it's outside, but but you know, Texas is you know, Oklahoma is, is is pretty much done until they can you know get some thirteen year old to figure out the cocktail for them because uh, <laughs> they can't figure out how to kill anybody in Oklahoma. <laughs> There's only two ways that ends: e- either 
you end up with someone dead or you end up with the secret serum for Captain America. So (laughs) 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 well, um, I know they don't want to risk that. So, um, that's, that's, that's not going to happen now. in, In addition to, um, talking about, you know, Killing the prisoners. Um, we got to talk about what we do about the ones we don't. And I guess the big question this week has been, do we get, do they get to vote? Yeah. Um, I was actually kind of shocked. So, uh, for those who don't know, there was a town hall meeting. There are about 5,752 people running for president from the Democratic <laughs> Party. Uh, one of them, uh, Bernie Sanders, who you may remember from last go round. Uh, was was interviewed and he was asked by Chris Cuomo uh, if he believed that incarcerated people should be able to vote, to which he answered they should. And Chris Cuomo, I guess trying to give him a life vest <laughs> to make sure he's not out there, said, uh, well, you know, that means that even the terrorists, the Boston uh, Marathon terrorists, in your eyes, would get a right to vote. And that was what well, he was expecting Bernie Sanders to, you know, back up at that time and say, oh, no, no, no. But Bernie Sanders was unequivocal and said, yes, I believe that he should vote, too. Now, I'm thinking, okay, well, that sounds pretty standard. You know his opinion. But I turn on um, The View the next day, and I see Meghan McCain basically losing her stuff. She's going out of her way talking about, how dare you? This is America. My cousin and my mom, my dad, and blah, 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 fought in these wars for this country and uh, all this stuff. And she is upset that of the concept of anybody being incarcerated, being able to vote, particularly this quote unquote terrorist. So I started thinking, and I know I have a very different opinion and very different viewpoint of these things, but I started thinking about lone wolf, domestic terrorists. <laughs> I started thinking about school shooters. I started thinking about people who are part of uh, white supremacist organizations and all the things that I would label terrorism. Uh, and I started saying, huh, this is an interesting point where me and Megan McCain may be able to cross party lines okay. and hold hands and say, you know what? All terrorists should lose the right to vote. You're absolutely <laughs> right. No, absolutely right. Take that good conservative voting base away. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then I got to thinking, if I ever proposed that, she'd probably laugh in my face and say, absolutely not. Which then brought me to the point of what are we really trying to disenfranchise? Are we trying to disenfranchise terrorists? Because if that's the case, this should be a broad brush for every terrorist. Uh-huh. Or are we really trying to just disenfranchise the terrorists that certain people don't like? Right. So if the lone wolf isn't a problem for you or granddad who's in the clan isn't a problem for you. <laughs> right. But you you want to uh, restrict this other person's ability to vote, then that's a problem. That that obviously to me is basically supporting the white supremacist issues that that make up this institutional racism anyway. Then on top of that, I started thinking, huh? Well, I just don't believe that people are the sum of their worst possible moment. So what that would suggest to me, if you're saying that a person who's incarcerated can't vote. Most of the people who are incarcerated are incarcerated because of low-level felonies, usually drug-related offenses, or crimes that are directly related to poverty, right? right? So since America criminalizes poverty, are we trying to say that we're just trying to skip everything and ensure poor people who are oftentimes from African-American and Latino communities, we're just trying to say that they're not going to be able to 
vote anymore. And if that's the case, what is the point? Like, what is the point of any of this stuff that we've been fighting for through the Voting Rights Act and all this stuff in order to try to get people the ability to vote? I would guess that somebody beyond what they have done in their in, in the moment of their criminal activity, they may have kids who go to a school system that's failing and they may want better for their kids. or they may want to see tax dollars allocated to ensuring the safety of their children. And I would think that those will be viable reasons to be able to vote. So I'm kind of curious as to what the arguments would be for why incarcerated people should not vote. Well, and, 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 you know, you definitely can get that argument from me because I, you know, I, I agree with you a hundred percent as far as, you know, this, I, I can tell you, that I think for most people, if I could channel, um, my, my, my inner, um, with the word for it, my inner, asshole um i would <laughs> as opposed to the outer one my 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 general thought my, my general thought would be is that people basically for the same reason that they don't want prisoners to have education or food it's just punitive right it's just how mm-hmm. dare you've done something and therefore we must punish you and basically de- dehumanize you as much as possible and this is one more way to do it by taking away your franchise to vote Right. That's just you know, mm. one more way in which we can show our disdain for, you know, you and and all the horribleness you, you did. Um, and, the, you know, because here's the argument is, is for, for me, it's very simple. All right. The American people selected Donald Trump. Right. Hell, we should only let prisoners vote. It couldn't be worse. <laughs> All right, they couldn't have made a worse choice. Right. <laughs> and part of it is, like you said, there is an effort, you know, among at least class lines, but probably racial lines, to disenfranchise certain groups of people. You know, and and we see it fall out with come out in the fact that we basically have gotten back to a, um, you know, blacks as being three fifths of a person, because right. while the prison population, you know, where prisoners can't vote. At least felon, uh, they do count, right, for purposes of, repre- of, of, of the census. They count for representatives mm-hmm. in Congress, et cetera. So now we're literally back to the situation where we all tried to fight about, you know, is that blacks are basically in those contexts worth three fifths of a person, right? Or at least, right. uh, two eighths of a vote. And, um, and, and so, you know, my, my, I have no problem with, 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 um, you know, I don't, I don't see any, I got, I, I go through the reasons. It's like they would not be informed. I'm like, as opposed to the rest of us, uh, they would make a bad decision as opposed to the rest of us. Um, right. they might vote for someone, you know, for someone on the basis of popularity as opposed to the rest of us. I mean, it's right. just like there is no valid reason to think that they would be any less responsible with the franchise than we are. And they actually have more reason to be, you know, because think about it. The reason you should have a right to vote is if your life is is somehow uh, impacted by government policies. No one in our society is more impacted by government policies than people who are incarcerated. They literally, their lives are based on government policy, and so they should be getting, they should get two votes. (laughs) At least. Yeah, I mean, and and I think, you know, it's weird that that parallel exists. So, basically, for those who are not history buffs, uh, the three-fifths compromise was pretty much the end of the union, that, <laughs> the thing that caused the war. But the, the concept here was that Southern states want to increase representation despite the fact that they didn't have the growing, thriving populations of the Northern states. So 
what they did was they said, well, you got to count our slaves. <laughs> and the other states were like, well, that's not fair because they don't get to vote and they don't have rights and they don't participate in anything. And the southern states were like, well, yeah, they're people-ish. <laughs> so, like, what do you mean they're people-ish? Well, they're not really people. They're actually primitive beasts that were land. But, I mean, for these purposes, since it gives us a competitive advantage, we would want right. them to be counted as a full person. And the North said, you know what? We are not prepared to count them as full people. However, in the spirit of compromise, what was created and drafted was a negotiated agreement where they would represent three-fifths of a person in order to boost the South's um, representation in Congress. And the purpose of that was to, at least at that time, they thought, was to appease the South, who had been getting uh, antsy about all of this anti-slavery rhetoric. (laughs) So um, they thought that they were throwing a bone to the South. Uh, It ended up changing a lot of uh, numbers and giving the South a little bit more power than what they had prior to. But of course, the South was using those numbers to increase representation, to increase the number of votes that they could have to preserve their peculiar institution known as slavery. So once again, even though uh, a lot of people listening to this podcast may not have owned slaves, or may not have been slaves, the impact and legacy of slavery continues to rear its ugly head today, uh, which would bring us to the next point of this concept of reparations. What are your thoughts on reparations? You know, I'm going to tell you something that's going to, and I'm fully willing to, um, I, I, I I'll be straight about it. I'm not a fan of the reparations. I'm fully willing to lose some places at the cookout. I talked to some of my friends, my native <laughs> friends, because you know I got Indian in my family, right? I got Indian in my family. <laughs> that, that's why we got good hair. And so I'm willing to go to the Cherokee cookout. I got an invitation, right? I, I will go to the Cherokee cookout next summer. But, but, but I'm not a big fan of reparations. And, and the reason is not because I don't think we're due. I, I, I know we're due, but I don't think we're going to get anything that would make it worth it. Um, and, and reason that the cost of it is going to be, um, Trump guaranteed to win the 2012, 20 election. Because, mm-hmm. if, you know, we had him just on vague threats of maybe, maybe Mexicans being rapists and drug dealers coming across the border and getting you in Wisconsin, right? And Michigan and Pennsylvania, right? Places that he won where there are, right? No Mexicans are going to get there from the border. Um, But if he says, um, by the way, uh, the niggas are coming for your money. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why person's not voting for that, voting against that. Oh, yeah. and, and I mean that. Yeah, you know that would be so. That would literally be every ad. He could probably get away with using the N word. All right, and and it wouldn't be. And Cuomo would be repeating it. So you know, the niggas won't get the money, huh? Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, would be, it, it would create so much animosity for the thirty-four dollars they would give us, because when the money, you know, people have done the calculations before, the amount is astronomical. As to what you would have to compensate, you know, the descendants of 22 million people who built your country for free. It, it is, it, it's inconceivable how much money that is. The other thing, though, and I'm going to ask you, though, Jesse, is if you've thought about it, if you've, if you've given any thought, how would you, how would we split up the money? Like, well, you know, I still I, get I, our I, share. 
I've given a lot of thought about it. I think what we should do is we should set up an independent foundation run through my bank account <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just transfer a 10 trillion in there. Let me be a decision maker. And so, and so guess what? And now I'll find a good way to use it. Uh, so <laughs> no, but, but seriously, I, this is my thing. I think that reparations is long overdue. And I think the longer that they wait to give it to us, I think that's kind of the strategy. Like right, the longer right. they wait, the longer, the more our numbers grow. And at some point it's going to be like a class action lawsuit where everybody gets $3. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> we've done it. Don't talk about slavery no more. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, slavery has a lot of legacies beyond just the uh, physical slavery is embedded in our institutions. Right. So the racism and white supremacy that goes with it, is embedded in everything we do. And that's why we see so many parallels. The interesting thing is, I think this is the first time that I've ever seen this kind of pressure on presidential hopefuls uh, to discuss it because now they know that when they come to a town hall or if they do an interview on the breakfast club or whatever the case may be, they got to be prepared to discuss what they're going to be doing for black people, be it reparations or not. I think we've had some creative... Oh, go ahead. Well, the interesting thing that's killing me about it is, is that you're right. We finally made sense. We talked about this last time we, we got together. Finally has some sense to, to do the Sasha and Malia thing. So, okay, you want our vote? You got to give us something. All right. You got to talk something, right? That's smart. But right. the thing we chose is the ask. Now, on one hand, it's a big ask. So I got to give us, you know, respect for that, but they might, we might as well ask for three quarters of the moon. Right, like let, let me you know bring the moon down here. We want we want to hang out there and have our cook out there. It's like it's an ass that's almost too big to give, and I'm almost skeptical of anybody who who promises it. Yeah, I'm like I'm like really, because because remember I don't know if you realize, but we were short. You know, in, until people started raising holy hell, we didn't have 18 million dollars to give the Special Olympics. Right. All right. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I just saw a study or a report that came out the other day that said the Social Security, um, you know, basically won't have enough money to pay all those people by, by 2035. It's a big ask. And what do you do, for instance, you know, I give you an example. We're, you know, I think I'm pretty sure I'm a descendant of slaves. Um, because a lot of people from North Carolina, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was a thing there. Um, oh, but, 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 big but, business. <laughs> but, 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 but what if you're Edris Alba or, 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 or Lupita? Uh, you got mm-hmm. here two weeks ago. Uh, you get your check. Well, if you've been no, here 50 no, I, years, but not a hundred or, or, or 60, but, but you, you were the last slave to get here. And your parents, you know, they, they basically had to, you know, they worked about three days before they got free. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like the idea of trying to apportion it. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, I think there are a lot of different, well, one, that's a basis for why a lot of the presidential hopefuls are put, are eager to put forward this like reparations commission or right. study on. Right, so you can do nothing, right? Right, right. Like for those people who don't really participate in state and local government, uh, people do studies all the time. (laughs) Studies are a good way to tell your constituents that you're doing something without doing anything. Uh, And then when you get the results 20 years from now, it'll be like, oh man, that really would have been helpful. And you discard it, and you talk about the issue of the day. That's that's pretty much what a study is. So um, there's there's that, and then there's um, I think the most interesting thing about 
our current situation is we have two black people who are running <laughs> for president. We have Senator uh, Kamala Harris and we have Senator Cory Booker. And this reparations question is a landmine for them. It's a doozy because the one thing you hear black people um, criticizing President Obama about is he didn't do enough for black people. Right. So how do you think you feel when you're running for president and somebody says, what are your thoughts on reparations? <laughs> See, that's, I so, get it. It's like both of them, and this is what's cracking me up is, you know who's going to get the black vote? Biden, yep, the white best friend uh, of, of 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 Obama over these writer two, of because, the ninety four crime both bill, of them, <laughs> exactly right because you know the, the brother who the guy who cursed out needs to need a heal, right? But he's gonna end up getting the, the black vote because the two black candidates are running away from blackness. Are, are they both combination? Is that what it is? They both they both went in the Tiger Woods. <laughs> You like you say, Cory Booker, like maybe we give everybody reparations, ta-da, right? right? Baby and, bonds, exactly. <laughs> if, what the hell, baby gold bond, really? And then Kamala Harris is, is like, I love this. She said we should have a discussion about it. Uh, right. We're in a discussion. You write to what the hell? Are we talking right now? We talking right now? And I'm like, if you don't have the nerve to be black. What, 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 Elizabeth Warren? Cause she, cause she got what, 2% in Native American? She gotta be black too? She gotta do all the blackness? <laughs> all right, her and Bernie Sanders? I don't understand how Bernie Sanders running around looking like, you know, Doc from, uh, from, 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 <laughs> back, from, from, to from back to the future, exactly. <laughs> As someone said the best example, looking like he combed his hair with a balloon, right? Just looking crazy. <laughs> but he more black. I'm in there going, yeah, brother, tell him, brother. Tell him, brother Bernie. <laughs> and I'm like, man, come on. And then, by the way, their strategy to try to, you know, Tiger Woods this thing, and they better, they better work on their, their, their four iron or they'll be working on their putting game or shorting game <laughs> and be on PGA because it ain't working. They, 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 they're falling below booty, booty jiggle. Right? Well, see, this is my problem. All right. So we got five million people running for president right, at this stage. Right. And my thing is this. This is a time where people need to be weeded out. But I think too many of our candidates, and I'm not trying to criticize one in particular, but too many of our hopefuls right now mm-hmm. are running on what they want, what they think people want to hear and not running on their platform. So I feel like this would have been peak time for one of the African-American presidential hopefuls to say, look, I support reparations. I want reparations done. And yeah, we can put together a study to study it, but I certainly want it to happen within my administration. Now, I understand saying that is very divisive and you're going to lose a large swath of the liberal white uh, voting demographic. But I kind of feel like at the end of the day, why wouldn't you run a campaign that you want to run and not run the campaign that you think the American people want? Because at the end of the day, I'm personally, I've already given up. I'm, I'm chalking it up for 2018. I feel like Trump got this in the bag. Right. Unless he just comes out and starts purging himself and saying, you know what? I want to admit to all of you all I was lying. I lied to Mueller. I lied, I lied to everybody. And I'm going to step down. Unless that happens, he's probably winning. <laughs> right. So, so, so run your race. Like, don't, don't sit here and just try but to. But here's the thing is, is I, the sad part is, I think they are running that race. I don't mm. think that, you know, the, the Booker has that. I think Booker if, 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 is, is, is sitting around and thinking, damn, I wish I had thought of Kaplanation. Because that's some cool <laughs> shit right there. You know, this is, this is a brother mm. who's, I mean, and don't know, think about it. He doesn't spend too much time in, 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 in Iowa. 
that, by the way, is probably the biggest problem. And maybe the thing we, we need, actually, I think it's, we should, like I said, we're going to lose the election. So let's start working on fixing some stuff. <laughs> right? right. So let's, and one of the things we need to fix is letting Iowa and New Hampshire go first. At least for the Democratic okay. Party. Maybe for the Republican Party. That's Republican, you know. But think about it. How are you going to have the two whitest places in the world, right, be the Democratic Party place that sets up, right, the nominees? So if you don't finish first, you know, in, 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 in Whiteville, then we right. don't consider you later. But think about it. You still got South Carolina, right, and all the other places on Super Tuesday. And it's like, right. you know, and, and here's the thing is, there's no law. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that thou shalt make Idaho with first, right? It's just right. stupid, right? It's just, it's, it, and, and, and there must have been a, maybe a time where I, I you know, where I was I Idaho, Iowa was a reasonable place to start, but it's not, you know, and don't wrong with you, I understand you don't want to necessarily make it New York or, or California. Hell, make it, you know, those battleground states that you were worried about so much. Make it Pennsylvania or Wisconsin, right? But the idea that you're going to you know, use the two whitest states to start, you know, so everyone like Booker and, and you know, and, and Kamala are running these, you know, these complication, um, you know, uh, trying to, and, and they think that I'm going to be able to pivot. Like in South Carolina, I'll, you know, give me a bowl of grits, right? And, you know, to try to Hillary Clinton, get me some hot sauce and, right. and it'll be fine. But it ain't going to be fine by then. We're going to be too right. mad already. As he, I'm, I'm very disappointed with Cory Booker again. Mm-hmm. Only because you you from Newark, bro. Like you gotta go back to Newark and tell people in Newark that you don't believe in reparations. You believe that a rising tide lifts <laughs> off. You gonna tell that to the people in Newark? I just don't see you doing that, bro. Like, um, you know, with all due respect, I I feel like he's trying to cater. Absolutely. And 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 see, there's somebody else who's trying to cater, and I think she's speaking to me specifically because when she talks, it sounds so good, and I want to believe it. But then I think about who in Congress is going to do this? Uh, Elizabeth Warren, who's <laughs> trying to get rid of all student loan debt for everybody. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love education. Uh, I love universal education, all that stuff. Everything she says is like honey in my ear. I right. love it. But I just keep thinking like. How in the world? Like, how in the world are you going to get this done? Well, here's the crazy part is, and, and it's hard to get through Congress, but here's the absolutely crazy part about it. So they asked her how she's going to pay for it. Did you hear mm-hmm. her proposal to pay for it? A, she was raising tax increase, right? A 2% increase on those who make more than $50 million a year. So Jeff Bezos. Wipe out all of the tax debt, all the, the wow. student loan debt. Now, th- now, I don't know if her numbers work. I think they probably do. But that shows you how messed up our system and what a disparity of income is, that you could take mm-hmm. just 2%, by the way, of people. Now, if you make $50 million a year and you complain about an extra 2%, fuck you. All right, I'm going to say it, goddammit. <laughs> I mean, I'm, this don't make no damn sense. You're a greedy ass. All right, this don't make no damn sense. You make that much money. Jeff Bezos said, you weren't with me shooting in the gym. You were- exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two percent, right? And, and and the fact is that that would you know that that you said that can't pass in America. And, and this is what I love about it is who's the one who's not gonna let it pass? Broke people who ain't yeah. got nothing, but they sure that they gonna get fifty million next week. They, they next. They, they trying to take our money. Mm-hmm. Government wants to go give all these black people free education and free health. Y'all already got food stamps. I don't know what what else you want from us. 
Well, take Me all our money. Over here, we got to work hard. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, you know, but that to me, I saw that, you know, and when, when I first saw it, heard about that yesterday, you know, it was one of those moments where, you know, and I have it, you know, three or four times a week now, I just shake my head and think, wow, what kind of people mm-hmm. are we? Where, where if you propose to somebody, I could solve this problem, right? By the way, in a society that needs it, there's an, there was an article I saw just the other day about how Google is having trouble filling $75 an hour jobs. Wow. Because they can't find Americans who can who can write the code, mm. right? You know, and think about it. You and it's true because you know I can tell you. You know, my kids, my kids are smart, and you know, and, and but 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 um, they want a YouTube channel. You know, I I, I told them many years ago. I was like, you know, you like to play these video games. Why don't you write some? They look at me like I was crazy. Like oh, I don't write no damn nothing. That's for foreigners. Right, we play the games, right? What's wrong with you? And it's like, you know, there's there's a need for that type of education. So even if they were saying, okay, we're only going to apply it to, you know, technical education, right? The people who keep these iPhones running. We we won't even do that, right? We won't even have the good sense to, you know, to try to keep our iPhones running because we want to make sure that the guy who makes fifty million dollars can get one more yacht. Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's all about wishful thinking and, and projecting what you are going to be in five years. You know, in five years, when I got my 50 million, I don't understand why I got to pay 2% more <laughs> <laughs> the government. When I was out here earning the money, the government didn't give me 2% more of capital to start up. You know, <laughs> this 10, you know, 10 million of it was handed down from my granddad. who owned play, you know, play, right? <laughs> And, and it, it, you know, and it's just to me, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a shame, you know, that, and, and I don't even know, here's the weird part is, I don't even know if it's so much just the rich people. And I assume that most of the rich people don't want to give their money up, but I know some of them do, right? And, right. and, and, and the bottom line is, is that the poor people will fight them tooth and nail. Like right. about the put death tax. <laughs> right. Put your money down. You ain't giving me your money. They're going to want to take mine next. Right? You ain't got none. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's, it's a shame that, you know, she comes up with these ideas. So even if, you know, like you said, you know, you're having trouble, you know, believing it's, you know, it's for real and maybe she's just, you know, saying it. I, I, I give her the benefit of the doubt, but like you said, you know, these things just cannot happen in America because we have such, you know, warped priorities about what we think is, is important to do with the money. Um, although, by the way, we got, we got, we got no problem with, with, with blowing the money on the military. Oh. Where oh, we yeah. just gave them a, what, $50 billion raise. We spend more than the next nine countries combined. And, and Trump, I saw him on the other day at the Easter egg, talking to the kids about the Easter eggs and talking about how the, the military is depleted. I'm like, how mm-hmm. are you depleted? You spend more money than everybody else combined and you're depleted? And if we know. are, then more money is the issue, right? It's the fact that, you know, money was spent poorly, but it's not the police. We have the best military ever. Nobody's even, think about messing with us. Think about, we win wars where, where, where the other side don't even fire a shot. Yeah. Or at least we used to until, you know, Vladimir Putin started controlling. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he wants a better military. Fair enough. So I guess we got to give Daddy Putin what he wants. Daddy got to get his military. All right, all right, fair enough. Well, you know, let's, let's turn him and Donald. 
<laughs> and it's certainly just between him and Donald, because I guess we could talk about the big news from last week, uh, the, 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 the Mueller slash Barr report. Yes. Oh, and how goodness. it's pretty clear um, that uh, Trump is um, going to serve out his term. Right. Or, or, so, or not in jail. Right, right, right. Yeah. The most important thing to know about this report, after all the time, the wasted time, <laughs> the most important thing to know about is Donald Trump, at least for the first few moments, was shook. <laughs> he, thought, he thought when this report, when, when Mueller was picked, right, right. to, you know, he was scared. Uh, and, you know, some people would say, why would somebody who's innocent be scared? Then you get all these lies. This is the first report I've seen where people are lying, people are omitting things intentionally, all that stuff. Let black people do something like that, right? Let, let black people be like, oh, I don't even know where these drugs came from. That heroin is not mine. That heroin came from somewhere else. You know what? I can't even speak on that because that's, <laughs> let us do something like that. Everybody's in jail. Everybody. But he was like, you know, no, nobody talks. So if we talk, we're going to redirect. Certain people go down, whatever the case may be. Then on top of that, you know, uh, Mr. Mr. Barr, who's hilarious to me, by the way. Right. Uh, so is, is, he's hilarious to me because he is the equivalent of the high school kid who reads Cliff Notes of the Cliff Notes. Okay. <laughs> tries to do a book report. Like he was like, basically, you know, it's a lot of stuff. It's like, you know, a lot of pages, but basically <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you really, really like synthesize it all down to like the last sentence of the last page of a nine hundred page report, sure. Yeah, sure. That's what it's like. It always says it's just you know a lot of investigations just you know basically no collusion. What, what got me though, like, but he keeps right. He just gave it the clip. But what got me is I don't know what's worse, that or the fact that Mueller went through all this stuff and then, by the way, says you know he starts out the report by saying, oh by the way, just so you know, uh, I never really even tried to examine whether he committed crimes or not. Because I can't prosecute him mm. and it'd be wrong to say if he did commit the crime. So that's not really what I did. And I'm like, why did you tell Rachel Maddow that? Her ass has been bugging me every damn night for two right. years telling me about this right. is it. He is going down and Mueller wasn't trying to take him down. Right? He was like, right. look, I'm going to give you some facts whatever. I'm not going to tell you anything whether it was right or wrong. Right? <laughs> you know, basically he's like, look, who am I to judge? I'm just this right. prosecutor. Right? I'm not going to be judging people out here. The, the, the Lord says, you know, later he... <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Why didn't you tell us that? Because we spent two years. Think about people printing Mueller and Mueller. We trust T-shirts and you know Mueller time and everybody. You know, people naming their kids, the, even the girls Mueller. And everybody right. was just all excited, just knew this. And by the way, this is the this is the dumbest thing in history. I, I thought about this Saturday and literally just started laughing out loud. This is how crazy we are, we were about Trump. We all got this crazy, you too, where we expected the former head of the freaking FBI, a Republican, to take down the guy he voted for in the last election. <laughs> that would have been like if Obama's administration had Holder had appointed Michael Moore to take down the Obama administration. <laughs> And the Republicans ran around for two years with T-shirts talking about no more Obama. 
Right, right, just right. Really, and just oh, I know he's gonna take it down. I'm like, there ain't nowhere in the world that Mueller was going to take down th- this president, even if he thought he did some stuff. That's not you don't become head of the FBI because you're a truth teller, because you right. bucked the system, right? This is a guy yeah. who is is entrenched in this stuff because that's what he does. He protects the president. He's been doing this his whole life. He was gonna protect this guy, and you know, and I love the way Mueller does a smooth too. He did the same thing with the NFL. He, he doesn't give you enough that you could take action and fire the person, but he wants to make it look legitimate, so he's going to tell you some of the stuff they did wrong. Right? He's going to give you – he did the same thing with the NFL. And remember the NFL, they had that Ray Rice investigation? Because the, right. they thought you – know, they brought in Mueller. And Mueller said, look, no one needs to lose a job. No one's going crazy here. They got to pay my fee. But these are coming things you should have done better next time. All right, you go ahead, NFL. You keep your jobs, but you do it better next time. All right. And, you know, basically now he's got Congress out there starting the whole process over again, having hearings. And I guess if they do impeach him, it'd be on the night before the next election. Yeah. Uh, like the time is even uh, running out. How are you going to, how you going to impeach the guy like, you know, two minutes before the next election? To be honest, I, I've just got fatigue at this point. So I I'm like, look, we can go ahead and move on with platforms that we know are going to lose in the next election. But at least we try to prep up. <laughs> Pop up the next person that we think is going to be a, a suitable run for the election after that, um, but it's it's just a mess. And like it, it, to me, this whole situation further emphasizes the disconnect between white privilege and those without it. Right. So I, I just feel like every out that Trump can personally have, like if it, I, I can't imagine if Obama did half this, stuff, like half this stuff. Um, you know, Preach. Stormy Daniels couldn't take him down. Well, no, uh, I think you know, exactly. No, he gets the benefit, like you said, the benefit of the doubt on everything. Even Mueller was like, well, I don't know if he knew, right, that he knew that he knew that he was wrong, that he knew, uh, you know, right. he, 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 he got guilty of obstruction because, uh, it didn't work. I'm like, that's right. not, what is that thing? All right, right. I try to rob a bank, but, 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 but they don't give me the money and I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> Don, Jr., you, Don Jr., he <laughs> said, wasn't smart enough to commit. He didn't, he, he didn't know enough to, to commit the crime of, you know, of, uh, of, 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 what was it, you know, election or campaign finance. He, he's just not that sophisticated. Now, it's interesting that this is a guy who's doing multi-billion dollar deals, but, but, right. but he's not sophisticated enough to do this. And it's just like you said, it's like these white boys got the benefit of the doubt. And every turn, Mueller was like, well, I don't know for sure. So I got to get a benefit of the doubt. Now, by the way, <laughs> you used to do criminal defense. Tell me right. when the prosecutor said that to you. You know, I don't know if Pookie did that for sure. So I'm going to give Pookie the benefit of the doubt. Uh, never. Then, never. Right? That's, never. Not even, that's not even in the prosecutor's vocabulary. They can't even say it. They would explode if they tried to say that, right? Pookie never get the benefit of the doubt. But these fools get the benefit of the doubt every step of the way, unless... Basically, they're like this. They're like the Shaggy. Did you see me do it? If you ain't see him do it, right, <laughs> and got it on video, then I guess they didn't do it, right? Because <laughs> because they gonna get the benefit of the doubt. And damn, I, you know, I I don't know about you, but all I want is just one day in the next life. I just want to be white for one day. Not even one day. <laughs> it don't even have to be a weekday. It can be just a weekend day. Just a Saturday. I, just one day of being white. Just the, the wonderfulness it must be where you get the benefit of the doubt on everything you do. 
Oh, oh, and it gets worse. So stay, staying in D.C., the other thing, the big story from uh, this week was the guy who was walking his dog, the white guy walking his dog on Howard University's campus, and then got interviewed and had the nerve to say that if they didn't want him walking his dog on the campus, they need to move the campus of Howard University. And the fact that he's just so brazen with it, like, I'm thinking to myself, this, to me, this is on us. This is right. on us. Because I remember how DC was in the 80s <laughs> when Rafael Edmonds was running everything. Uh, he's getting ready to get out of jail, by the way. Shout okay. out to you. When he was running everything and, and you know, uh, people were scared to go over the hour. You know? <laughs> it wasn't a safe place for you to be. Um, you know, not that Howard was dangerous, but the track to get to Howard University ah. had some pitfalls in it. Okay. So uh, <laughs> the average white person walking their dog just wasn't going to do that back in the 80s. But now that we've been progressing and the school's been growing and all this stuff, and they've never had, you know, gates or anything like that. It's always wanted to be part and parcel to the community. So um, now the community has changed. And there are people who don't look like the students of Howard who are in the community. And that's fine. But the problem is, it's kind of like barbecue Becky. You can't move into an area where there are traditions, customs, and communities that have already been pre-existing when you get there and then start having them change up on the cultural things that they do. That is ridiculous. And the fact that this guy is just, you know, they're part of D.C., so they, they have to do what D.C. says they have to do, and they have to move it. If they don't like it, they can move the campus. Like, what is that? You know what that is? That, that is his privilege. And, and, and the thing about that was, you know, his privilege, you know, I, I I, I, I don't feel bad for him at all, but, uh, but he's been trying to back, uh, backpedal on that statement, uh, mm-hmm. cause apparently it must have made it to his, to his, to his employer. Um, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. You know, he had a statement out the other day where I didn't, you know, they misinterpreted what they meant. We're like, really? We don't know what move means. Um, but, but, you know, <laughs> that's not what I meant exactly. Um, because, you know, they're about to come down on, but I have to confess to you and I, I'm, I'm more and more dismayed by it every day, and I don't know if I I, I, I want it. I want I want it back. I, I, I'm I'm sick of the fact that I, I don't know what happened to us, but but white people used to be afraid of us, and and damn it, I want it back. Um, and and and, and, and here's why: because you say, well, you, know, you don't want that. Yes, I do, because the police are already afraid anyway. They're gonna stay afraid, mm-hmm. like the, the sister they shot, um, and at, at Yale. Um, just mm-hmm. so those of you who didn't hear, sister and her boyfriend, some guy driving in a car late at night, cop comes up, just opens fire on two of them, no guns. The, guy, the cop is so freaked out in his mind that he hears gunshot. That's to his guns ricocheting off the damn car he's shooting and, and, mm-hmm. and runs away and over the shoulder it is firing the gun. All right. The most reckless thing you have ever seen in your life. But why only the cops scared of us? Because that dude had no problem. We, 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 remember, remember Carol, Cornerstone and Caroline? She stood yep. in a room full of black people while they were reading the verdict and showing how she had, you know, accused, falsely accused a young boy and just like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it happens sometime. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> I, oh, when man. did black people not be, stop being, you know, when, when did we stop being scary to anybody but the cops? I mean, you know, I, I really feel like, Part of this is us having these opportunities to pursue jobs in areas that we couldn't. And we usually are the only black person that works there. Right. Uh, and so, like, folks don't want to lose the one good job that's giving them a good way of life that they didn't have before. 
Uh, I also feel like, um, like I think the community has changed when it comes to accepting uh, statutes and, and, and law enforcement presence and all that stuff. I think before we had a mentality where people, you know, essentially, and I hate to say it, but when there was a, a, when there was the, the collective belief that the community, the government at least, is not coming to help us, okay. then there was an incentive for people to go out and help themselves. All right. And what that kind of trickled into was, of course, the illegal drug trade, gangs, things of that nature. So people developed that because the, police weren't coming to certain neighborhoods. It just wasn't happening. And what happened now is because of gentrification and removal of the criminal element from society and all that stuff, those people, for the most part, have been removed. And the people who are left are, for the most part, the good, upstanding people that always wanted to be there. That's right. just want to make a good life. So I think, you know, these go into factors like gentrification, factors like employment opportunities, uh, it's just it's a different place. Not to mention, like this generation of kids, because I do a lot of work in the high schools. Uh-huh. This generation of kids, I think it's more of a, like you said, like a YouTube social media generation. Right. America has succeeded in creating an industry from imagination, right? right? So people are are expressing themselves as to who they, I guess, who their avatar wants to be <laughs> on social media. But they have yet to discover themselves. Why? Because people don't fight anymore. You don't realize you're not a fighter until you try. You're not. People don't really try new things anymore because they don't want to look stupid and get posted on social media and go viral. Uh, you know, trying to do stuff. You know, back in the day, like I don't know if you've seen this, but they just had prom season out here. And the kids were telling me about these things called promposals. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. Promposals where they're doing like freaking wedding proposals <laughs> to get somebody to go to prom with them. And they're recording it and they're putting it on like social media. And I was like, and I'm like, why, why are you doing this? Like, oh yeah. You know, the girls love it. I was like, well, what if they say no? Yeah. Then we laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the point? Like, what is the point here? Um, see, see, but I just think, you know, and here's the thing about this: is like I don't want the kids to go back to fighting, right? What right. I do want them to do is to learn to posture, all right, to learn to walk, <laughs> right? And I remember the thing we talked about when we maybe an early episode of this podcast was the member of the girl at the college, and the white girl was putting her toothbrush, the, oh, the black yeah, girl's toothbrush up, up, up her yeah. butt and, and, and hootie hoo and, and whatever. And I was like, that would not have happened with any sister that I knew. Not because every sister I knew could fight, but every sister let you know you know, you weren't sure. Right, you know, right. I, I know sister, plenty of sisters who just, you know, practice taking their earrings off fast. Now they, <laughs> <laughs> they might not know what to do when they got the earring off, but they were gonna get the earring off, right? And so you had to worry. And it's like, you know, just that type of thing. And you, you know, I talked about this before. I'm 50 years old. I ain't fought nobody until I was 13 years old. But, but, mm-hmm. but, 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 but I can make you think I will. Right. It's, <laughs> the idea that, you know, we just got to teach the kids, like, look, at least pretend, all right, that, 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 that you bad. Cause this is ridiculous now. You go away, people coming into Howard, like, nope, move the damn campus. I'm like, right, right, right. right? And I think about it, said it on TV out loud. 
That's some stuff you whisper, right. you know, to your friends in a bar somewhere, right? But somehow it's, it's got crazy. And I'm like, we need to at least get, you know, the idea to be able, you know, learn it, you know, that whole, you know, raise the, the octave, look, uh, raise your voice a couple octaves. Did he just say, what are you saying to me? He just said, what am I pistol? I that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> you know, you ain't got to go to jail, hit nobody, but you do have to, because these, these people are losing their minds. And you, and you think about it. You think, you know, you and I talked about it and we pretty much in agreement that we think it's likely that Trump will win re-election. You think he acting a fool now? Wait till he ain't got no more elections to run, nothing to run for anymore. He gonna be acting, I'm telling you, N-word's coming out. He gonna say it, oh, all right? And it's like, you know, if we don't have any, you know, <laughs> somebody, you know, and all these people, you, know, you see them and, you know, do you think the old ladies acting a fool and cursing you out and Target and in places down those YouTube videos we see now, wait till they find out that they got another term of Trump. Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. But they've been vindicated. They're racing been vindicated all along. It's going to get ugly yep. up in here. Yep. Yep. So I guess this is a call to arms to anybody who's black who's listening to the podcast. Go stand in front of your mirror. Thank okay? you. Before, before you do anything, make sure that you are following us on all social media. There you go. Brothers in Law, B-R-U-T-H-A-S-N-Law, L-A-W. Uh, and make sure, I mean, I would love to see you all post videos uh, on our Facebook page of <laughs> you in the mirror right? and, and let us critique you. Let, let us critique what, what you look like to see if we are intimidated by it or not. We can we can try to negotiate and try to see if we can get you some props. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is the let me give you the starter kit. OK, the starter kit. Women, women, you need to be able to have removable earrings and a jar of Vaseline. Very close. Uh, you need to be able to yeah, apply I think, it. I, I think they used to carry it in the top. You put it in between like, right, your right. cleavages. <laughs> you, you, but you, you have to have the Vaseline. You can't go out, you can't go out there with, with no Vaseline. And by the way, and you can't use the shea butter and stuff like that. That's too... Oh, that's no, 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 Everybody's no, no, scared no, no, nobody no. with shea butter. No, right? no. You, you bougie. No. We need some Vaseline. All right? Vaseline. And it, and it can't even be like... We're we not even saying Vaseline the brand. We You can Thank get... You. Petroleum jelly. <laughs> Get the store about petroleum jelly. It good needs point, to be up there ready to go. Okay. For men, okay, men, make sure that underneath whatever garments that you have, you have on a tank top, aka white <laughs> you, you have to make sure that you have it on and that your do-rag is within reaching distance. You have to make sure it's there because it all like this has to be a Clark Kent Superman situation. You need right. to be able to go walk a couple paces away from the conflict, switch out and then come back as a new person and tell whoever you're having a conflict with, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hope. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, as, 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 as funny as flipping as, as just being here, I, he's, he's telling you, he's preaching. All right. He's telling the truth, people. All right. <laughs> you know, it's it, like I said, it's going to get rough out there. And you think, you know, people are bold now. Wait until, you know, they've been vindicated, right? Trump got another term. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and Trump going to know he, you know, he, he ain't going to have to worry about nothing. Right. And it's going to get ugly. And, you know, you need to be able to keep people off you. 
Um, mm-hmm. I gotta say, I tell people all the time. I said, you know, I ain't worried about fighting nobody. I'm fifty. If I'm fifty year old black man, if, if if you fight me, there's something wrong with both of us. I need my ass. <laughs> if you think you can with me, I need to get my ass whooped, but just on principle. All right, <laughs> I deserve. It. I done got soft. You need to whip my ass just because I'm supposed to. All right, you supposed to at least be scared of me. At fifty years, the cops are scared of shit of me. All right, so I know you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to take advantage of, of the fear. There, there's an old. Um, I think it's Martin Lawrence had an old uh, comedy skit where he was saying uh, it used to be a time. He said when I when I first got famous, I went to uh, the white grocery store and I was by myself. Right. And I would say, uh, excuse me, sir, do you know what our toothpaste is on? And the guy was like, oh, 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 it's right here. Can't you read? Oh. But he was like, when I went into that same store with all my friends, and it was like, excuse me, sir, we want to know where the toothpaste is. Oh, sir, it's right here. I was like, <laughs> So the point of the story is get organized in groups of, of uh, intimidating looking people and make sure that they're with you or at least a phone call away at all po- points in time. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we just have to reclaim our cities. That's, that's what we have to do. It, it, if you are in newer. Thank you. I'm telling you, if you, if you don't, the next thing you know, you, you, we'll be scared to go to the Bronx like we like we're scared to go to, to, to the Beverly Hills. Don't don't Absolutely. go to don't 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 go to Compton after after dark. White people will run you out. <laughs> some some of y'all have reputations that your city has already set up for you. If you are in Newark, <laughs> if you are in North Philadelphia, <laughs> the Bronx. If, if you if you are in, we're gonna throw Compton in there. We're gonna throw Compton Louisiana in there. In there uh, uh, New Orleans specifically. I, um, I, I, I will tell Texas. you this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell you this: If you are going to rep a city, we, I, there, my brother did it here in uh, in Mesa, and apparently the white boy he was he was talking to or messing with uh, hadn't heard about uh, the Bronx, <laughs> 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 and whooped the hell out the brother. But, oh, but the no. point is this: though, is if it gets to a fight, you did it wrong. All right, if you use the Vaseline, the wife beater. All right, start talking crazy to yourself. All right, they should run away. All right, that's the whole goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in my city shout outs, I can't forget. I don't know how I let this slip. Detroit, uh, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> make sure Little Rock, Arkansas, all the places I want, well, well represented places, Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I want you all to understand the legacy that these cities have established <laughs> people like me from smaller towns, Durham, we've got our own little reputation regionally, but you know, I, I want people to understand that we look up to you guys. Like we, <laughs> we, we our heart breaks when someone from Philadelphia is checked uh, <laughs> and they don't, they, they don't win or they don't do anything or they're not intimidate that my heart breaks for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's part of our psyche. This is a collective effort. We are bringing all of our people together across the diaspora in celebration of these cities that we have already historically maintained and managed and kept gentrification at the lowest possible rates uh, only because ain't no Starbucks coming through here. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only Starbucks. I'm the only one serving. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing is though, is that now Starbucks will go anywhere right now. They got the Magic Johnson stuff, you know, Starbucks, the Starbucks don't care. And there's always some brother who got six dollars for a cup of coffee. It ain't me. 
Uh, I don't know who they find to pay for six dollar <laughs> cup of coffee, but I do know people that um, you know, unless you want to start giving people your lunch money, all right, we're going to start start reclaiming some 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 fear of a black person. Absolutely, and and I hope this last news story will do it. Um, shout out to the great Bun B of the Underground Kings. Um, apparently, there was a home invader invader who tried to force his way into the house. And Bun B shot him uh, because, well, he's Bun B. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, please, I'm thinking about that. That is definitely a two two album, a two C, you know, a two album deal at the very least. Uh, he has to cure there. You know, I gotta tell you, there is one thing about that. You know, I'm, I'm encouraging little blacks. We don't have to be that black, um, people. Let me give you a little hint. Um, if you do it right. Uh, a home invader will leave your house voluntarily. If, 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 if a home invader come into my house, uh, they will leave in about 15 minutes. All right. Because all they can really take is a couple TV sets and some computers and, and, and home invaders don't really like to, to do their own, uh, HTML programming. Um, <laughs> what they're not going to take is a bunch of jewelry and cash because uh, we have bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> if you use the commercial banking system like it's supposed to, then people won't invade your house. And, I, and I'm not kidding. For instance, you know, how people come to work at the house. And, and I remember years ago, Renee would call me and say, hey, you know, I got to go pick up the kids. Should I leave this guy in the house? And I'm like, hell yeah. We ain't going to the damn house that he, he won't. He will give us our stuff back. All right, because he's going to need a password for everything in our house, right? <laughs> he's going to need the, 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 the web key, all right, to operate anything right, right. that's worth anything in the house. But, but you know, it, it, if he, if and, and, you know, it'd be, it, 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 you never notice that people don't do home invasions on Bill Gates. Yeah, I just feel like Bill Gates has an army of sentinels in the garage. <laughs> I bet you got this little crappy little ADT sign out front. Um, <laughs> because if you go in Bill Gates' house, you know he's not keeping the $30 billion in cash, right? <laughs> it hid in a Bible in Revelations. All right? right. <laughs> <laughs> but if your name is Bun B, I'm expecting, yeah, I'm going to get most of your right. network. It's in your house. <laughs> Use yeah, the bank, well. people. Yeah, man. Well, this this guy, he's in uh he's in the hospital. He uh he caught one. <laughs> he ran up on the wrong one. Which brings me to a good point, a good stopping point here. Um, I was having a conversation, so I'm I'm part of a hundred black men of America. Okay. And uh I was having a conversation uh at a meeting last night, and it was six of us. And I said, we know, you know, we're all getting older. What do y'all do to keep in shape? Five out of the six said, oh, we do some form of martial arts, which was interesting to me. I was like, okay, I didn't know people were still in the martial arts. And then they started recounting all these stories about folks who ran up on people that they didn't know were black belts <laughs> because they look so unsuspecting, right? <laughs> you know, people have come up and they rob and they were talking about, you know, one of the uh, places that trains martial artists, uh, I think this was in Chicago or whatever, one of the places that trains, they actually have people who go like, you know, underground and they go to like the seediest nightclubs okay. just to see people run up on them so they can try out new martial arts moves. And I was like, wow. Uh, so, you know, for anybody who's contemplating a home invasion, 
please be careful out here. <laughs> you, you can get messed up out here. Yeah, you might get shot. You know, that's a very strong possibility. But at the very least, you might get put on World Star after you got folded up into a pretzel. <laughs> I'm gonna give you put my address in the show notes. You can feel free to come to my house, um, but you, you gonna you, you, you gonna send me a personal apology. Uh, talking about <laughs> sorry to create such a mess. I didn't realize you had nothing of value in there. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go run up on Bun B or a hundred black men apparently. Um, uh, <laughs> Definitely don't run up. <laughs> but come on, we're making some milk and cookies. You, you ain't getting nothing else out of my house. Uh, <laughs> and that being said, hey everyone, thanks for, for, for joining us this time. Um, remember, as always, it's not cocoa butter, it's Vaseline. Petroleum jelly. Petroleum jelly. And and break away earrings. Don't don't pull your ear off. And while we at it, I mean Vaseline, if you ever are contemplating sponsorship and expanding <laughs> expanding <laughs> the reach of your market, uh give us a call. You know, shoot us an email. We'd be more than happy to talk to you. We are uh faithful users of Vaseline based products. We can tell you about the benefits of shea butter too. And you can <laughs> Maybe we can come together on a collaboration. Who knows? <laughs> Man, I got so much damn shea butter in my house. Baby, if you're listening, don't buy no more shea butter until you use one bottle, all right? I'm tired. Every, every nightstand, every every counter, it got a three-quarter you know, full thing of shea butter. Right? It, so if you can ask in any room, we got you covered. You ain't got to get to the bedroom. We can get you covered in the living room, in the kitchen. We can get you covered with shea butter. <laughs> Gotta stay moisturized, man. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're out of here, people. I'll take it easy.